you know what day it is? A Tuesday, probably. And that means there's a new episode of A Hundred Steps to Drag, where I, Natasha Hundreds, sit down with your favorite drag artist to ask them about their life, their journey, and what is next for them, too. Oh, happy July. It's hot as hell. So if you're doing drag in the summer, props to you, because it's not easy. The other day I was doing my makeup, and like, as I was gluing my brows, like, I was like sweating them off already. And I'm like, girl, props to you. I tip my wig to all the drag artists that do drag in the summer, especially outdoors. Oh gosh, it's tough. So on that note, let's go with something that is not tough, that is actually very soft and very great to look at, which is my guest today. Oh my gosh, she is a wonderful sensation on social media. <laughs> Why are you laughing? You are. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been described as soft, but keep going. No, I mean, your mug is amazing. Oh I love your work on Twitch, on TikTok, and I'm so excited to chat with you. Please welcome Marvelous. How are you, girl? I'm great. I'm also hot. It's in, We're in the South. Yes, yes. So, heat, humidity, summer. Pride is over, now it's wrath. Oh my god, <laughs> literally, literally. It's, uh, I've never been to Alabama. I have a friend of the family. You're like, how come you've never visited? Really? That's so weird. <laughs> right? You come to the US and I'm like, now I have to go there. It's been in my bucket list. That's usually everybody's first stop is Alabama. Top five places to visit, baby. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm sure there's wonderful things because a friend of the family of my husband moved from Anaheim to Alabama and she's always telling us, you're going to move over here. Everything is so cheap, yada, yada. And I'm like, don't make me think about it because she talked about the trash pandas and she sold the trash pandas so hard to me. She lives in Huntsville. She's where I am. That's where I am. Tell her to friend me on Facebook. Why is she not at my shows? Why are we not friends? I'm not sure, but I'll give her your information. So you already kind of know a little bit about the scene. I just know the trash panties. That's the important part. A little bit, but I want to know more. I want to know more of the queer parts of it all. It do be queer, surprisingly. It do be queer. Really? Yeah. Let's dive right into it. How is the, the, the queer scene in Huntsville, Alabama? Huntsville's a little bit unique in the way like where we are located. We're like smack dab in the middle between Nashville and Birmingham. When you think Nashville, you think Georgia, Brooklyn Hyatt. It's like great dancing divas, amazing performers. And then when you think of Birmingham, you think of some of like the pageant queens, like the Taylors are still in Birmingham. And that's like big on the pageantry, big on, on the on the glamour. And Huntsville is kind of unique where we, since we're kind of situated in between Nashville and Birmingham, we kind of get like a nice little mix of everything. We definitely have like our dancing divas, our pageant divas, a little bit of camp, a little bit of glamour, which is kind of nice, kind of like a, a melting pot, but like still in Alabama, it's very strange. It's it's strange that there is a very heavy drag scene here in North Alabama, but you would be surprised. She do be booked. She do be blessed. Okay. I love that. I love that. Booked, blessed, and highly favored mama. Is it? I love that hearing that because I love going to a show and seeing different kinds of things. Not only like, oh, they're all doing dancing numbers or they're all doing like a pageant ballad number. I like a variety and I think the audience too in general. So I think that's nice. Yeah, we definitely have like a variety of shows. We still have our brunch shows. We still have like our family friendly shows, our late night bar shows. We got, we still have a little bit of everything. 
everything, which is nice because we do have a little bit of everything as far as queens and talent here. Nice. What is it like for new entertainers to come up on the scene? How was it like for you? I was a little bit unique in the ways we don't have a lot of AFAB performers. Even so, I think I sat down a couple of weeks ago and I actually like tried to think about like how many active queens we have here in the scene. And I would say we probably have maybe like 20 or so active, like regularly booked drag performers. Maybe five of those are drag kings. And most of the drag kings that we have are male drag performers. We have a few up and coming AFAB uh, drag kings. I'm the only one that really does queen stuff as far as drag and being a cis woman. But my start was kind of unique because I started digitally and then gradually kind of got pulled in from some of the other local girls to start performing. Where I got my start was just doing it on Twitch, doing doing my makeup, trying new things, and then you get pulled into a show and then that takes over your life. No, literally. I haven't had time to do a lot more. I, I want to do more content, more TikToks and more streams. I just haven't had the time. It's like a snowball, yeah, right? Like you do a little talent show and be like, okay, let's see where it takes me. And then I'm like, oh, you want to be on this show? I'm like, sure. You want to be on this one? Sure. And then now next thing you know. And then it's club, another club, bus. No sleep. Plate. <laughs> It's constant. Oh, gosh. I know. But I love that. It's truly what gives me so much joy to like be like, okay, she's booked blessed and highly favored. I was kind of nervous starting out just because I didn't see like a lot of obviously representation in myself in this scene. Even There are a few AFAB performers in Nashville and I know there are a few in Birmingham. I'm friends with some. It, it's a small community of us. Like I, I know other performers, but here in Huntsville, I didn't really see that representation. So I was kind of nervous to kind of come and I don't think I'm the first, but I'm, I'm the only current probably in a little bit so I was kind of nervous how I'd be received but everybody's been very nice to my face <laughs> oh my God. I love it to my face part we all have a good time here we're close since you know it's only about 20-25 of us that perform around here so nice kind of become friends with people and you have to it's like it's like either family you know you either become super close and unique and you know bond with each other or you can't stand yourself anymore and be like oh I have to work with that bitch again <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it's the first one I'm sure it's a little bit of the second sometimes but it, that's that's just drag. That I don't think we have any issues here that aren't new or different anywhere else. You know how it is. There's always going to be that queen or that show or that uh, show director. It, it's nothing new. Even here in the in the small little Alabama, we have the same drag issues. I'm sure that everywhere there has. are some universal issues. Let's talk about those. Okay, I think over here. <laughs> Let's say I names. mean we don't have to because I think that that would be exclusive content. You know, if we if you want to hear the names, <laughs> that's for the Patreon. Yeah, subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that one of the reoccurring issues here in LA is like venues. And like, oh, that venue doesn't want to do drag anymore. And especially like with, you know, all the the hatred towards the drag community. I feel like that's been one recent one that I'm like, oh, what happened? You know, that kind of sucks. Yeah, once the, the drag ban started to be obviously talked about more and more in the, the public eye, I think definitely venues got scared. And you could kind of tell maybe which venues were actually allies at the time and which ones were kind of like trying to back off a little bit. And yeah, it, nothing new, especially in the South. I kind of think that might be amplified a little bit just because of where we are geographically but yeah but no like you said it's universal you know it's I think that in the south is more prominent obviously but yeah we it, over here in such a like liberal state as you will like 
you know, it got that impact too. So it's like, oh. Yeah, I think everywhere was impacted. Oh, yeah. So, Venus, if you're listening to this, be a real ally, honey. Stand up for us. We bring you great business. Target. <laughs> I'll say names. Yes. Okay, for free? Miss <laughs> Ma'am. <laughs> But I also love that you were well received, especially in, I'm speaking from my experience, sometimes with queens that have been on the scene for like longer, they take a little while to like adapt to like new people doing drag, especially people that is AFAP or people that are um, gender like, minorities. Like trans performers. Yeah. Yes, in, in the gender spectrum. Uh, but I love that you were well received, especially like you said, in like a quote unquote like small Alabama. Yeah, in my experience, it's never been another drag performer that has ever had an issue with cis women or gender minorities doing drag. It's always the people online whose picture aren't even their profile picture that seem to have an issue and who don't do drag. So I've, I, I really haven't experienced any issue with any other drag performer saying anything or acting any type of way. I adore that because, I mean, to me, drag is building this community where everyone is welcome and everyone can express their art however they want. So I don't know, when I hear comments, I'm like, mm. the only thing that, I, mean, I don't think it's super prominent over here. The only thing that comes to my mind is one time I was doing a show and in the cast there was a queen that happened to be trans. And then in the curtain call, we're just like waiting for a curtain call, this presenting everyone, oh, give it up for Natasha, give it up for so-and-so. And then when she's announcing this queen, she's like, oh, give it up for like a beautiful trans sister, so-and-so. And I'm like, well, why do you have to make a point of that? You know, that's super like irrelevant. Yeah. I don't know. There are some shows where I I know the show directors mean well and it's they're very accepting. I don't want to like give the wrong impression, but like sometimes they do stop the show and they're like, this is proof that anybody can do drag. This is a cis woman. And I'm like, we don't need to tell everyone in this bar that I have a vagina. (laughs) Not everybody needs to know, but like like you're not calling on any other performers. It's like, by the way, this is a man. (laughs) Literally, yeah. (laughs) I know they do it to mean well. It it does feel weird. (laughs) Yeah, it is weird. I'm like, oh, now everybody is thinking about it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, why did you bring attention to that that's not the point that's not the point let's leave that in in 2016 i have a tagline here in town it's like the dancing diva of huntsville or this is the beauty in the face of huntsville somehow i don't know how this got attached to me but i got titus tuck the titus tuck yeah so sometimes i'll be called on as this is the titus tuck in huntsville baby and then some show directors will forget what it is so i did have one call me the medius tuck of Huntsville, which, yeah, I'll take that. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with a meaty tuck, let me tell you. Nothing wrong with a meaty... I still wear tucking panties. You gotta wear something to pull those... Keep those tights up, baby. When you're performing and everything, you know, like, you have to keep your your privates safe and secure. And I wear pads still. With bras, I, obviously, I have boobies. I don't need a, a chest plate. I mean, I would love one, but expensive, and I'd probably have to get one that's hollow, so hard to find. But I usually wear, like, three or four bras and then inserts and just kind of lift him up but i did get a comment on my tiktok that's been cracking me up i I made a tiktok about me being a cis woman in drag and one of the comments was doing drag on easy mode i was like okay girl i'm wearing just as much makeup i'm wearing three wigs on my head i got eight pairs of lashes on i'm wearing tights i'm still wearing the tuck and panties like just because i don't have tape on my crotch like I don't know if that's easy That mode. is wild. No. And let me tell you, you are wearing way more makeup than a lot of these <laughs> Let me tell you, because you paint the house down. 
Heine. Thank you. It's just a little mascara. I'm so surprised you said that. <laughs> You're like, what do you mean? I look just like I look yeah, right now. Yeah, natural, baby. Because it's their own, but I am not sure how I feel about like this soft makeup kind of a thing. Look for for drag. It doesn't work for me, so I'm like, I'm a little biased because I don't like it. But I don't know. I'm, I want to see like paint. You know? Yeah, I, I love a painted queen. I, it, even if, like, maybe, like, performing, like, isn't your judge, I still appreciated, like, a, a beautifully painted queen. I, you definitely have to have a face for the, the soft glam, and that face might be for those those Instagram baddies, but if I did that, then people would really have something to say. They'd really be like, okay, that's just a woman. <laughs> I have to paint. I paint trying to look like a man, trying to look like a woman. It's a good mantra. <laughs> like, that's that's how my makeup has evolved. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to look man trying to look like woman so that's why my paint's a little bit extra i get i get great value trixie mattel a lot <laughs> no bye <laughs> if i had a dollar for every time someone said trixie mattel on my in my comments i might be as rich as trixie mattel i am dead i am dead that is so not trixie mattel no i feel like your paint is super unique it's the eyeliner it's the eyeliner you wear a lot of eyeliner and a cut cheek oh it's I never yeah. was, oh trixie yeah i'm like girl there was other cut cheek big eyeliner queens before her oh yeah multiple but you know that's what pe people gravitate towards that's who they know yeah literally speaking of your beautiful makeup how did you get started with that did you find that passion for makeup first or did you find drag first I kind of found drag first. When I'm regular woman, I'm no lashes, no makeup, hair and bun, t-shirt, sweatpants. But I am a bisexual woman. So when I met my partner, he is a cis male, and he always wanted to make sure I was still in queer spaces because he didn't want to feel like being with him, I was any less queer. Uh, which is a struggle that a lot of bisexual people go through, that if you're not dating the opposite gender, a lot of people you know, just invalidate you. But yeah, it's it, it can be very invalidating. So he was he's always been great about making sure I'm a part of queer spaces and queer conversations. And I've always loved drag. I mean, I love queerness. I love flamboyance. I love queer references and just kind of what drag is all about. I'm political, which is kind of hard to be political in the South. So like, I think that's what really gravitated me towards drag is it's like everything I like, flamboyant, queer, political. And so when he was pushing me to be in more queer spaces, you're in queer spaces, you're going to see drag. And so when I would stream on Twitch, I would do Makeup Mondays. And so we would do different tutorials that we'd find on YouTube, try different looks, different different uh, makeup brands and things. And that's kind of how my face evolved to what it is now is just trying different things and being like, oh, I, I like this about this tutorial and uh, I liked this aspect of this and maybe we can try it in different ways. And so you, a lot of my followers who stayed with me like through the beginning of Twitch have really saw the Marv face kind of evolve into what it is today. It was an eyebrow journey, that's for sure. Oh, it's, it's always, always an, an eyebrow, eyebrow journey and an eyeliner journey. <laughs> I love it. How long did it take you? How long have you been doing drag? Me performing has been a little less than a year. My first performance live was last August, so I'm almost at a year. Uh, but doing drag was probably maybe a, a year and a half before that. So I've been doing drag for maybe a little over two years now, uh, but doing it consistently probably only the last year. But I, I, I do kind of miss streaming and doing my drag makeup digitally because you get to be a lot more creative and you can try different things. When you get booked, 
booked. I, I even think um, y'all talked about this on your last episode of the podcast. When people book you, they expect you to look like how you usually do. You don't really get to try new faces and do different things. Because if you show up not looking like Marv, they're going to be like, what the hell? So I, I haven't really gotten to play and try different things, which I kind of miss. Um, I kind of feel like I might be like in a rut of like, I'm getting tired of doing the same face over and over again. I need to definitely create that time to play with makeup again and have fun with it again. It's a lot of fun. And like doing drag digitally and like going live on like or streaming on Twitch or on TikTok, it's so fun. It's like one of my favorite things to do. But like you said, it's it's hard to like find the time, especially when you have a, a another job or when you you know have to go bookings. Oh, it's it's tough. It's tough. I still work nine to five, a normal job. I'm on the board of directors for a nonprofit. And then plus all of my weekends, let me be on all of the weekends being taken over by drag. I just don't have the time to do a lot of like streaming or a lot of digital content anymore. And I miss that. Girl, let's find this time together. Pull up your calendar. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we have the same hours in the day as Beyonce. Like, I don't I thought about that. I need to figure it out. We all have the same hours on the day as Beyonce. Wow. Let that, let that marinate. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. She's got a team to help her out. And we have our partners and maybe and maybe our pets and drag families. She has a team and she has a budget. I will give her that. Yeah, she has billions of dollars. So let's not compare ourselves to Beyonce. Let's not do that. <laughs> yeah, hard comparison. <laughs> Literally. But digital drag is so fun. There's so many avenues that digital drag can uh, take you. And one of them for you was a less. Do you want to share with the audience what that was? Yeah. Yes, that's me and my drag mother. So my drag mother is the one who actually um, kind of pushed me to start performing live. She was uh, obviously already a performer here, um, but her and her boyfriend do a lot of the wigs for here for the local girls. So when I was doing digital drag, I needed more drag wigs. Uh, so I reached out to them, um, commissioned a wig. We've been best friends ever since, joined her drag family. Uh, and then one day I remember telling her, just I, I missed streaming and I missed having the time, but live streaming is a lot. If all of your respects and all of your dues to digital drag artists because I don't know how they find the time to work full-time jobs and still stream three to four days a week in drag. And it is exhausting being live, having to constantly be on, respond to people, have that content going for a couple of hours. And I remember telling her like, I just didn't have the time or the energy to do that. And she was like, well, why don't we do a podcast? Something where we can sit down, it's more relaxed, we can edit it. We don't have to be on con like for hours at a time. And something about my drag mother, something about Miss Dolly B. Wellington is she gets what she wants. She is convincing. So when she said, we should do a podcast, like I think the next week I had a new chair for that bitch in my office. We had microphones. We got a camera, a ring light. We were like, all right, let's do it. Uh, we haven't had the time because we've been so bucked and blessed because <laughs> even doing a podcast, as you know, it's, it takes a lot. It's a lot of work. But, and we are not as great as interviewers as Miss Natasha. So <laughs> we have to be in drag and kind of be a little bit delirious for our our podcast. Uh, we don't we would love to do interviews, but right now we just don't have the budget for like another mic, another chair, figuring out like the setup for that. Um, so right now it's instead of more of like a podcast, I would say it's more like a YouTube series. I compare it to uh, the people, the Trixie and Katya YouTube stuff that they do. It's similar where we're just kind of sitting there talking about nonsense. We haven't posted a video in a while, but June was crazy as every drag performer knows. Um, we're I'm still recovering from June. I was on like day 80 of June by the end of Pride 
Pride Month. So we we haven't posted a video in a while, but we we are making the time. I think we're going to start cutting back on maybe every weekend doing a show because it was just too much for us. So I think we're going to try to focus more on our on our online content. So episodes coming soon. Pinky promise. We promise you guys. Don't worry. Go to, go to her YouTube. Subscribe because the episodes are a lot of fun. You and your drag mom have like a, such a cute banter together. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, I want to like, you know, sit down with them and just like have a couple of drinks and kiki and have fun. She's awesome. We we joke that like she is very much in my mind. I, I see her very much as like pageant queen. She loves like the pageant world. She's really good at it. She has an eye for it, but she's still a little bit of camp, whereas I'm a little bit more camp than she is, but I still get a little bit of that glamour from being her drag daughter because they do my my hair and my jewelry from their business. So she's um, glamour and I'm, cam- I'm glamp. Glamour and glamp. And that's how we kind of I mesh together. Yeah. The lady and the glamp. <laughs> the lady and the glamp. She's the lady. <laughs> oh my God. That is a lot of fun. But you are so spot on. It, it takes such like effort to do all these things and like i didn't guess it's it's wonderful like i was telling you before we started recording it's my favorite part of the podcast just sitting down with people that either i haven't seen in a long time or that i've seen met online and and we've been mutual since forever i know i feel like i know you like there there are some of your videos i still like reference and use to this day you when you tried i can't remember if it was marsha marsha marsha's or some uh, if somebody from that season tried the got to be hack on your eyebrows i do me and my drag mom use that hack to this day and like it's from your video that we watched it's so good I was like, oh yeah. my God, yes. No, it, it, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And But like having that to coordinate with the guests is so hard. Girl, drag queens, you know, we are, have commitment issues. Queer people has commitment issues. So it's always difficult. Oh, when you told me I didn't have to be in drag for this, I'll be like, any any hour of the day you need me to, like, Natasha. I don't, <laughs> I don't have to be in drag. I can do it whenever you want, baby. Yeah, because I just wanted to make it easier for everyone. I know that if it's like, oh, you need to be in drag for this, oh, it's hard because you're, booked you know your skin it's maybe like you want to have like at least one day to rest it off it's tough (laughs) honestly to anybody that wants to start a digital project do it it's a lot of fun i have a lot of fun with the podcast with tiktok and that's a little bit extra to like whatever else you do I was telling a queen recently, because so out of like the 20 or so queens we have here, only like three or four of us are under the age of 30. It's a lot of an, an older queen demographic here. A lot of them in their 30s, late 30s, but not a lot. On, they're all face, you know, Facebook queens. Queens love Facebook. So I'm like the only one that's on TikTok and like on Twitter and Instagram, like regularly. So I'm always trying to push people like, oh, come do TikToks. Like you would love it. And I was telling one queen recently, I was like something about film TikToks and like doing like the silly little audios and stuff has helped my performances because I can kind of see what I look like lip syncing and kind of it kind of helps like the the facial expressions and the, the lip syncing practice and it's definitely made me a better performer doing TikTok. That is so true because <laughs> I think the videos that take me the longest to make are those little silly audios. Not even the ones where, where I'm yeah. talking to the camera but having to lip sync and look decent and look good is tough because I know that if I post something out there that it's like the limp six kind of like shitty all the trolls in the comments are gonna be like oh well, something especially because i'm a drag queen literally literally so i'm like no let me do this 
again. Let me do this again. And it does help. Yeah. Well, a lot of my mixes too, I do a lot of like campier mixes where I'll have like like spoken word, like pieces from like funny clips or movies or TikTok audios. So it's really helped to kind of practicing lip syncing words versus just lip syncing a song are two different skills. Because when you're like singing a song, that, that's it's so much easier to lip sync something that is kind of already in your head. Whereas like a spoken word piece, you've got to kind of be like on the right cadence and like got to breathe at the right point or like look like you're breathing at the right point. It's a, it's a, it's a science for sure. It's a bonus drag tip here, Heidi. You heard it here first. It was an exclusive. Ooh, an exclusive <laughs> drag tip from us to you. Practice spoken word. That is true. And what the best way to do it? Get your ass on TikTok, TikTok and sit the fuck down. <laughs> why, why was so mad? <laughs> But no, it's true. It's true. And a lot of queens over here too, like even like younger queens that are like on their 20s or like Gen Z, like they're not on TikTok. And I'm like, girl, get into it. Like that's the best way for you to reach people that you wouldn't imagine. Like I wouldn't imagine like sitting here. It is the easiest platform to grow. It's so easy. I would never imagine to like be sitting here with a queen that I met online from the other side of the country. And look at us now. Look at us now. Over here looking this fabulous on camera. I'm going to force you to be friends with me. I hope you know that. Uh, I, I think I was expecting that. I wasn't expecting anything less than being besties. Especially since you have family here. Like, girl, come down here. I'll get you uh, bookings. Why aren't you here? You. We'll go to a trash pandas game. Oh my game. god. It's the trash pandas. I've literally been wanting to go. That was my number one reason. Yeah. The merch is That's so what cute. I heard. You've got to come. You should do like a drag a trash pandas look. <gasps> but I don't know if people's gonna be mad about Maybe. it. Huntsville is actually like, it's a very int- like it's, a, I, I tell people People take this with a grain of salt because like I know I'm in Alabama and I know this is like maybe not saying a lot to a lot of people but Huntsville is actually a pretty liberal town I think it's because we have a couple of colleges here there's a lot of big tech companies like Boeing is here uh, we have the Space Center with NASA it's like a lot of big tech companies that hire you know young right out of college engineering majors computer science majors so it's a very young kind of hip town which kind of gives it more of like a, a very liberal vibe to it which is kind of strange to say that I'm in a, probably one of the more liberal parts of Alabama. That is good. That is good, girl, because... I'll take it. There is nowhere else in this state I would want to live in. I will tell you that. I've lived all over the South. This is, like, by far, like, I would not live anywhere else in Alabama besides Huntsville. I love it. As long as you're happy and as long as you find your community, I feel like you can make anywhere home. Obviously, in some places, it's gonna be, like, a lot more sesty than (laughs) others. But it can be sesty anywhere. This is the United States of America. If you stay zesty, you don't gotta get zesty. And that part, stay Sesty bestie. Hey. <laughs> I'm going to put that on a t shirt. Stay sesty bestie. I'd buy it. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. So we talked a little bit about your starting, about how you, you know, got you started like in the digital era and now you're transitioning more into like performing and being booked. I love that. But what is next for you? What are some of your goals for drag? Maybe like in the short term, in the next 12 months, and like your ultimate goal in drag that you're like, oh gosh, this is it. Sure. Short-term goals. I would love to, again, focus more on my digital content. I'd love to get more back into making more TikToks and doing more of like our little YouTube series that we have. Um, I found the time the other day to make some TikToks and I posted one. And of course, like it's always the ones that blow up that you don't think are going to blow up. I have the issue where if I just post regular drag content, I get the comments of, you're just a man playing in makeup. You'll never be a woman. And then when I post about being a cis woman in drag, I get, you're not a drag queen. You're just a woman. Oh no. 
I can never win with my content, but I like doing it. I, I love making the cute little videos. I love finding different queens online through through content creating. So I'd love to get more into content. I'd also like to kind of change up, maybe um, try something different to get me out of my comfort zone. Maybe it's a pageant coming up. Maybe. I don't know. But I've had my eyes on a, on a few things I want to step outside my comfort zone with. So that's probably the, the short term goals is maybe in the next year, find a really cute comedy pageant coming up, um, focus more on the content. Long term goals. Okay, before you end your long term goals, when you were saying about the, the hateful comments on both sides of TikTok, I was like, oh, so you get the worst of both worlds. Yeah. <laughs> She's very Hannah Montana in her drag. <laughs> very Vaughn. But honestly, shout out to the haters because they are... They do be your motivators. Like boosting us. They, they, they be boosting the algorithm, honey. They do be boosting. The other day I was on TikTok Live and I had this lady there for a solid 45 minutes. I'm not even kidding you. Her username was Mrs. Rodriguez and she was just commenting like all this stuff like, oh, I hate makeup, uh, blah, blah, blah. And we were like, why are you here? Not a fellow senorita. Not a fellow Latina. I'm like, this is a Latina for Trump. You don't got to tell me that. <laughs> but I was like, girl, like, I'm going to hire you because you'll be boot here, like, you know, good solid 45 minutes trying to boost, like, you know, get somewhere. And I'm like, shout out to them. Literally today, somebody commented on one of my Instagram reels and was like, gross, I hate drag. And I was like, baby, keep commenting because my stuff will keep showing up. Please do. Keep, keep commenting. Like every time you comment, that's why it shows up for you. Like Literally. People are just crazy. Every time you leave a hateful comment, a fan Mary earns her wings. So please keep doing that. Shout out to the haters. So we have a few protesters here in Alabama per every drag show, but it's really, it's like two people and it's always the same two people. And they harass us on Facebook. They come to the family friendly shows and try to make a big fuss. We had one um, actually get into one of our gigs and start preaching at people, which was scary, but uh, obviously security handled it very fast, got them out of there. The cops were called because uh, they have their rules of where they need to stand if they want to protest, which is fine by us because it's kind of free marketing. Like most people on the side of the road don't know that there's a drag show going on. But when they're protesters standing out there being like, there's a drag show. Thank you <laughs> for the free marketing. Like, we'll take it. But I, they were harassing me on Facebook for a little bit. And so finally, I, I told one of them, I was like, every time I see you in my mentions, every time you pop up in my notifications, I'm going to add a year to me doing drag. I was ready to quit, baby. Mama is ready to quit drag. But every time I see your name <laughs> pop up now, baby, I'm adding another year and I'm going to keep doing it. And she replied, I said, one more year. She replied again. I said, one more year. And I have not heard from that bitch since. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. You're like, bitch, every time. I forgot who, which one of my guests was it, but she said, uh, like, every time you comment, like, it's, I'm making money with those comments. So please keep them keep up. I'm in the creator fund on TikTok. I don't care all about all the hate comments. I get paid for them. Mm, period. And I it, might be since on the dime, but. <laughs> uh, but it's something. But it's something. It, it adds up. <laughs> It'll pay for a sushi roll a month. I'll take that. Hey, an iced coffee. <laughs> and I love that it's always the two same protesters at your shows. You're like, hey, Janice. Hey, Tom. How are you? Here's some waters. <laughs> It is the same, same two people. It, and it's the it's the the crazies, like the the QAnon crazy church people. We just don't let it bother us anymore because there's like it's only like two people. They have not gathered a crowd. There's like nobody else. Like we just let it slide. They don't even live here in town. I think they live like an hour out. So they honestly, I think they're fans because they go to more drag shows than I do. I'm like, Mama, you are fan behavior at this point. <laughs> like literally, here's some merch. Thank you. Can you wear this on your at the next? Pro 
protest. I think the guy had to buy a ticket to come and like preach at the people at the last show. And I'm like, you paid five dollars to come in here and look like an, a fool. Like people are already in there. You're not going to change their mind. Yeah. Who's going to be like, oh, he's so right. Let me get out of this. The generous. Yeah. yeah. I don't think anybody in the audience was like, you changed my mind. Right. Oh, <laughs> shout out to the freaking haters. But back to you. <laughs> Let's talk about long term goals, Mama. I try not to set too many specific goals because then when you don't reach them or things change, I don't like being disappointed or like try to set crazy expectations for myself. But long term, really, I would just like to see more cis women, more gender minorities, more non-binary people, more people of color and uh, different backgrounds be in drag. That would kind of be like a, a long term thing I'd like to see. Maybe in the future. Uh, I, I I don't think I'm a, I'm a drag race girly. I, there have definitely been some amazing cis women on on the franchises of Drag Race that I love and respect. I don't really know if maybe that's for me, but maybe like Camp Winakiki would be fun to like try and audition for. Um, maybe if I do a pageant and like it, maybe I'll do more of that. Um, I, I don't want to set too many expectations because things change. I might like something different in drag and kind of steer that way or it, it might I might keep doing what I'm doing. Who knows? I like that. Maybe travel. Traveling would be fun. There's a lot of fun plants in here. I like that you say pageant because a lot of my guests lately have been like eyeing pageants and they're like oh should I do one and I'm like mm, now I'm thinking should I do one I don't know <laughs> I know I like never saw myself as a, a pageant girl or something I wanted to do but things change and things come up and you're like well maybe something about the idea of a pageant is very intriguing of like it's like one big thing you have to plan for whereas like instead of like show show club another club bus plane no sleep where kind of like you can kind of like focus your energy on doing one big thing and kind of like making that thing great instead of kind of exhausting yourself. Not that pageants aren't exhausting. I'm, they're, they're money time and energy still, but you kind of have more time to plan and put effort into it and maybe be a little bit more creative. The one specific goal. Yes. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Like all, and you can see like the closure of it because when the bus club and other club, it's like, okay, it's like a never ending cycle. Yeah. You don't really see an and end. It's nice to see like, okay, I did that. A light at the end of the tunnel. Hope that keeps people moving. <laughs> <laughs> so I see, I see, I see the pool of pageants. I, I see why they're uh, attractive for queens. Yeah, and it's so nice it's, if you have your Miss Universe fantasy, you know, with your little Q and A with the presentation looking glamorous. I'm like, mm. girl, I've been in my topper era. <laughs> Me and my drag mom always used to like joke about like toppers, like, oh, maybe we're gonna be topper queens, and then we have become a little bit of topper queens, and we're like, I am Sasha Colby. You could not tell me otherwise in this topper, baby. I'm whipping this ponytail. And I'm like girl you could not tell me anything i am this continental 2012 yes oh, for the people that don't do drag listening a topper is when you use your natural hair you snatch it up and then you put another piece on top of it like miss sasha colby on the finale i've always wanted to do that but my hair sucks and i could never do that i'm like no it's weird you have a good hairline what are you talking about you're just i do fit. but i'm like to grow it out it's a pain so there's a point in where it's like not short not long and it's awkward stages it looks like a fucking microphone so i cannot get over that <laughs> I cannot. Are you what? What kind of Hispanic are you? I'm Mexican. You're Mexican. My husband's Venezuelan. Mm, nice. Oh, I love my Venezuelan boys. No, hablo, hablo un poquito, puedo leer y escribir. <laughs> I love that. I know a little bit of Spanish. I know enough to when my in-laws are talking shit. Listen, before I met my husband, I was like, my next boyfriend, I wanted to be a full-on gringo American because I want to talk shit in front of him and not and him not having clue what is going on. But then I met him, I was like, okay, never. Mind. <laughs> I tried. 
try to learn Spanish, mi profesor es muy mal. He'll say stuff in Spanish and I'll be like, oh, what does that mean? And he'll go, means a lot of things. Well, <laughs> that means he doesn't want you to know, mama. He does not want me to know. <laughs> he has that same mentality as I did. He's like, yeah, let's just keep her, you know, with some basic Spanish so we can talk some stuff. <laughs> yeah, no. I know. I know the basics. I did it in high school, the Spanish classes. I can ask where the bathroom is and I can order off a menu. But like other than that, that's, that's something. It's better than a lot of people. It is nice to have him around, though, like if, if I need him to, to translate. <laughs> that is cute. Oh, but I also love that you want to do like or try maybe Camp Wanakiki. One of our Long Beach local girls is on the newest season of Camp Wanakiki. And I'm like, yes, Ooh, she is. yeah, girl Haggard. Shout out to her. So we had a Birmingham queen last season, Flapjack. So um, she's uh, in Birmingham and she was on last season of Camp Wanakiki. And she was kind of, um, oh my God, I, this is so embarrassing. I like really hope she like doesn't listen to this and think I'm like fangirling, but she, <laughs> I've never met her in person. I've, I've seen her perform and I, I obviously know who she is because Birmingham is about an hour and a half from here so it's close enough where a lot of the Huntsville girls and the Birmingham girls we kind of book each other occasionally um, but we're friends on Facebook god if people are listening who don't do drag and you want to know about like your local drag scene add a queen on Facebook you'll know everything they I promise Facebook and Facebook and drag queens is like they're they're crazy I don't I, I did not have a, a Facebook before doing drag and like you had to have one I had to make one because that's where they share the flyer the events that's where they tag each other in their statuses <laughs> tag venues and call people out queens on facebook are amazing if you want good drag content add a handful of queens on facebook you will be entertained for hours i used to never use facebook now i'm scrolling in bed hours before i fall asleep because it is the tea but miss flapjack flew into my dms on my facebook page and was like telling me about some like local things coming up and uh, the Camp Wanakiki editions. And she was so sweet to think of me for this upcoming season that they're taking auditions. I think like right now, I think it might end in like a week. I, I, I don't think I'm there yet. I think it was so sweet of her to think of me. And it is probably something I, I might do in the future. But since I've only been performing for not even a year yet, I just don't think I have that. I just don't think I'm there yet. I, I kind of need to build up my drag more, kind of build up my persona more, my closet more, my wallet more. And then I think I might be there. But um, as of right now, that's that's a long term goal. That's not a short term. Yeah. And it's OK to prepare for these kind of big projects, you know, because it's a lot. It's a huge investment for any like big competitions, is, you know, like especially like Hamwana Kiki or any others that may be out there, Dragula, The Race, any other like reality stuff that is going to be broadcasted anywhere. You have to prepare it's a lot of like costumes that you got to bring, wigs, makeup, and also the performance side, you know, being confident because you're going to be there with so many talented performers that you're not going to have time to be like doubting yourself. Yep. In your head. Yeah, you can't. You don't have that time. Even the drag race, just the audition for drag race. I've helped a few girls here with their videos because I do a little bit of video editing and like a adobe things for the queens here uh, it is crazy just the requirements for what they they want in the audition video it's a lot and it, it is time consuming and it's exhausting it is very intimidating yes. but yeah, i feel like it's done there purposefully <laughs> to like not have yeah uh -huh, yeah not have every other girl apply but who knows who knows you're spot out on facebook mama if you want some entertainment for free at your fingertips <laughs> add your local drag girls on facebook i try not to log in very often my flyers like share from instagram immediately to facebook so it's like constantly fed and i know that if i log in i'm gonna be there like you said for 
hours. Oh, so entertaining. Yeah. Be like, ooh, who's fighting now? Ooh, okay. And then you go into like the original post and then you read the comments and then you try to figure out who's left this house? Literally. Who's in this house now? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it is the tea. I think I was listening to an interview with Mistress uh, Isabel Brooks and even Mistress was like, y'all need to find some of these old queens like Dina Cass, like these old divas who have been in drag for ages on Facebook. Like you will be entertained. For days, for days. I'm telling you. Who knew that the only people using Facebook were 40 year old Republican soccer moms and drag queens. That is the demographic for Facebook. Mark Zuckerberg has has found it. It is old white women and drag queens. Literally, literally. Nobody else. (laughs) After laughing about Facebook, we are entering my favorite section of the podcast, which is the drag tip of the week. Marv, if you could give away one piece of advice to a new drag artist, what would that be? This is not an exaggeration. I don't know if this is unique to me. Maybe just because I'm a cis woman, maybe people slide into my DMs more, but probably three times a week, I have people in my inbox. How do you, how do you start drag? Where can I start? What should I do? How do you be a drag queen? And I'm like, tip number one, just do it. Like whatever is holding you back, why? There's so many tutorials out there. Follow Natasha Hundreds. She has a thousand tips on everything. Eyebrows, makeup, performances, outfits, where to find stones and where to, I I saved one of your videos uh, where you have a store that sends out stones. That store is everything, girl. You're not going to regret it. It's everything. It's in my, in my saved folder because AliExpress be do taken too long to come over here <laughs> for those stones. I always tell people, I'm like, just do it. What do you mean? I think my biggest real tip is to make an Instagram page. I think that's the best place to start is practice your makeup and take pictures. Every time I talk to a baby queen, I'm still kind of a baby queen. I haven't been doing this for super long, but like my tip to other new drag artists or anybody who's interested is take pictures, try different makeup looks, take a picture and post it. Because not only will you like to see the progress that you've made, and kind of have that to like look back on and see what looks good on you, what doesn't look good on you, what looked crazy here, what looked good there. But also that's how a lot of people get bookings is if you don't have any pictures of you in drag or like any content out there, it's going to be harder to book you unless you're showing up to shows in drag, which is scary. That's intimidating. And that was kind of advice my drag mother gave me. And she's like, you might have to come to shows in drag if you want to be booked because that's how a lot of queens find bookings. If there's not an open stage going on, you show up to a gig in drag and sometimes they'll throw you in and you'll do a number. You got to You got to be prepared. But that can be intimidating. And like that was intimidating for me. Even for me, I was like, I don't think I'm going to show up to a gig in drag, never meeting any of these people, never performing, being in the South already kind of scary. So if, if that's intimidating for you, make a make an Instagram account dedicated to to drag. That's a really good advice. And let me add a little bit onto it. If you already have like maybe one or two shows and people put videos of you on their story and you reshare them, create a highlight on your Instagram profile about all your performances. And that way, when you're reaching out to people and like, hey, can I be on your show? You can also be like, if you are curious to see me perform, I do have my videos on my profile on the highlight. Check it out. I've gotten bookings like that, like reaching out and be like, hey, and you can see me perform here on my Instagram. And it's worked, just, you know. I've had to send videos to get bookings. I've, I've had to send proof I've done a performance and this is what it looked like. And I showed up on time and this is what I look like doing the number for people. Did people ask for that? And if you're listening and you don't do drag and you want to be a good ally or be a good drag audience member, the best drag audience member are the people who tag us in the videos and the pictures that you yes. post. That is the most 
grateful thing. I, I, I thank people a hundred times over when they post a picture of me or post a video of my performance and tag me so that I can save it and like add it to my profile. That is like the nicest thing you could do for a drag queen. I know that might sound scary to like randomly tag a drag queen you don't know in like your Snapchat video or Instagram story or whatever, but they love that. They so appreciate that. Yes, please do. That means the world to us because sometimes we do these shows and our friends and family are not always able Yes. to come and record us and tag us. So having somebody in the audience like take a video and share it with us is everything. So please never stop doing that. There are so many shows where I don't have any pictures, any videos. There's no proof I even did that show. But if one person in the audience liked my performance and put it on their Instagram story and tagged me, that like means the world to me because that takes out so much of like hardship of me trying to get somebody to come to the gig just to take a video. Yeah. Oh, such good tip. I love love it. I love it. I love it. And I love my time here with you. You are truly marvelous. And I love that we got to meet each other. You are such like a, a ray of sun out to me. Like this was right. wonderful. Thank you so much for doing it. Thank you so much for having me. Truly fan behavior because I listen to the podcast and I love your content and I like save so many of your videos. So when you asked me, I was like, oh my God, I made it. I'm Baby, just... I made it. <laughs> I made it. I'm, I'm going to make you be my friend. We're going to be friends now. Like best friends. I mean, aren't we friends? now i'll give you my number so we can text each other tiktoks <laughs> i feel like i know, I know i feel like so weird like i i constantly like your your content and stuff i'm like this seems like such fan behavior like i hope i'm not creeping you out <laughs> girl no likewise they like everything that you post too oh, i love the mug i'm like i stand it's everything people are always so sweet about my makeup i like i'm very self-aware this is not me being self-deprecating or like fishing for a compliment i don't think my makeup is that skillful i think my big lashes just kind of distract the eye. <laughs> Because people always, and big hair, big lashes, and people always like, your makeup's so great. I'm like, girl, it's the lashes, I promise you. If I take these lashes off, I look like, I show up to gigs without lashes because they're huge and I'm driving. I don't want to wear big paper lashes. So I'll put them on at the gig. I People think I'm like just a big fan of Kiss, the band. I, I look like I'm just Gene, I'm the Gene Simmons of drag. No, <laughs> when I'm not wearing lashes. Not the Gene Simmons of drag. I am the Gene Simmons of drag. It's just a lot of <laughs> eyeliner. You gotta give yourself more credit. You're not the Gene Simmons of drag. It's and I mean, if it if it's the lashes, every makeup needs like a focal point. You the know? focal point is my lashes for sure. There we go. I love your makeup, regardless of what you say. Thank you. But please tell the audience where they can go and see your makeup on social media. <laughs> oh my God. Let me let me make sure I'm not getting my own socials wrong. Definitely I'm prettier on Instagram, is what I tell people. And I'm Marv underscore Aless TTV on Instagram. TikTok, I think I'm just Marv underscore Aless. You can find our little YouTube series, Be Less on YouTube. B-E-E, like the, the bumblebee, and then Less L-E-S-S, -S, because you can always be more. That's our little tagline. <laughs> always be more. I love it. And I love that you're repping your um your merch and everything here. I know. That's so embarrassing. I'm wearing my own merch, but the moment I have merch, you're not your own fan. How can you? be a fan Literally, of somebody else. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. <laughs> I've said this before here and I will say it again. If you don't get excited about your own work, nobody else will. So you have to get excited about it. You definitely have to be enjoying what you do for other people to enjoy it. Period. Yes. 
Yes, please. So enjoy do drag. Enjoy your projects and enjoy the rest of your day. This has been a hundred steps to drag. If you would like to support the pod, you can subscribe for as little as one dollar a month. And honey, a dollar. If you go to our shows, you probably would give more than a dollar. So this is a deal, honey. <laughs> Check out the show notes for that. And you know, make sure to follow us, uh, please. That means everything. Like we were saying, Instagrams are our resume. So make sure to follow us on there. Uh, and thank you so much. Thank you so much, Mar. Thank you again for having me. Of course. Of course. See y'all next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to 100 Steps to Drag. If you like my podcast, don't be shy. Share it with your friends. Leave me a review. If you didn't like it, you're probably homophobic. This episode was edited by Chao Panda Productions. I'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.